Well, we're going to be talking about God's mercy tonight. And I'd like to start with Psalms 145, verse 8. It says, the Lord is gracious. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Now, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, Hebrew or Greek, compassion and mercy, they mean the same thing. And to have compassion is to love tenderly, to pity, to show mercy, to be full of an eager yearning. You know, we, we talk a lot about the attributes of God, but his greatest attribute is love. Uh, unfortunately, theology today tends to magnify God's power, his ability. And, and that may be in part because we're only beginning to understand the greatness of God's power. As we look at the universe and, and how vast it is, we begin to understand a little bit of the power of God. But the Bible doesn't magnify God's power. The Bible magnifies his compassion and his love. The Bible magnifies God's willingness to show himself strong on our behalf. The Lord is gracious. I mean, literally means he's disposed to do favors. When Jesus went to his hometown of, of Nazareth in Luke chapter four, they give him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He stands up. He opens the book, finds the place where it's written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. And Jesus reads the passage, and this is how the passage ends. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when the salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. You know, to have favor, when God has, when you have favor, it's it, it literally means that someone's going to do something for you you don't deserve. There, there is no reason. They just simply want to do it. The Bible says the free favors of God profusely abound. That was Jesus' message. Again, modern theology says God's able to do anything. You know, anybody who believes in God can do, do something? Absolutely. But the Bible is constantly showing us God's willingness to do something. One of the great examples of this is found in Matthew chapter 8. Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount. He's coming down from the Mount. And it says, And when he came down from the mountain, a great multitude followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing, be clean. Immediately, his leprosy left him. Now, what, what Jesus did here is he showed God's character. He showed God's willingness. What God was willing to do for him, he was willing to do for all. My favorite translation of this, Jesus said, of course I will. Of course I will. And Jesus said to him, go, show yourself to the priest. He said, but don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody what has happened. Now, to me, this is extremely interesting because so many people say the reason Jesus did miracles is he did miracles to prove that he was the son of God. But if that was the case, he would have told this guy, go and tell everybody. But he didn't. He said, don't, go don't tell anybody about it. Because the reason he did it was to have mercy. It was because he had compassion on him. In Micah chapter 7 and verse 8, it says, because he, God, delights in mercy. God delights 
to have mercy. Second Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Now, God delights to have mercy. Now, there's a lot of kinds of mercy. I, I've heard people say this. I've heard people say that the, the days of miracles are past, but nobody ever says the days of mercy are past because God delights in mercy. And when, when the, the, uh, the blind beggars came to Jesus, they cried out and said, have mercy, have mercy on us, have mercy. What kind of mercy did they want? Healing mercy, healing mercy. And nobody will tell you that mercy has passed away. God is willing and he's eager. If, uh, oh, I've got some a water thing right here. Any hole that I put in here with a pin, that water is gonna find it and it's gonna start coming out. You know, that's kind of like what God's mercy is like. God's mercy is constantly looking for an outlet. It's looking for a way to, well, Jesus said that the free favors of God would profusely abound on us. God's mercy is like that. In, in uh, Acts chapter 10, we, we find Cornelius. He's the, he's the centurion. He's a, a non-Jew. And at this point, there hasn't been any preaching to any non-Jews yet. And uh, Peter comes to his house and begins to preach the gospel. Uh, Cornelius said to him, he said, now therefore we are all present before you to hear the things commanded you by God. And he begins to preach. And, and it's like God couldn't even wait till he finished his sermon. There was no altar call, nothing. He's still preaching. And the Bible says that, that they, they hear enough just if they will believe what he said to be saved. And instantly, the Bible says that the spirit of God just falls on them while, while Peter is still preaching. It's because God delights to save. He delights to have mercy. I don't know about you, but I would rather somebody said to me, I don't think you're able to help me than for them to say, I don't think you want to help me. And I would think the same thing is true about God. He would rather we doubt his willingness, excuse me, his ability than his willingness. He is full of compassion over all his works. In other words, he's no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, he will do for all. In Hebrews chapter three and verse one, the message Bible, I, I like the best. It says, my dear Christian friends, companions following the call to the heights, take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe, faithful in everything God gave him to do. So take a good hard look at Jesus. One translation says it this way, that Jesus is a mirror reflection of God. In other words, everything you see Jesus do, that's what God the Father would do. He came to reveal us to us God's will. In fact, in, in Hebrews 10, verse 7, it, it's literally quoting Jesus. It says, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Everything Jesus did was the will of God. Every person he healed, every person he delivered. Every multitude that he ministered to, and, and they were all healed. It was all the will of God. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but whatever he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. Jesus is saying, the things that I do, they're the things that I see the Father do. He said, I am just an exact representation of the will of God. 
In Mark 4, in verse 40, we see an example of Jesus healing someone. Now a leper came to him imploring him, kneeling down and saying to him, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion. Not Jesus wanting to show off his power. Not Jesus wanting to prove that he was the son of God. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and said, I'm willing, be clean. And as soon as he spoke, immediately the leper, leprosy left him and he was healed. And again, he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And see, he said, see that you say nothing to anyone. He wasn't trying to prove anything. It was just that he had compassion. Um, last week in our, our uh, small group, we were talking about the manifestations of the spirit. And some the, our, our monitor said, you know, how is it that people have manifestations of the spirit? What do we do to have more manifestations of the spirit? And I, I immediately thought about second, second, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the last verse. It says, pursue love or compassion and desire spiritual gifts. And then is it talking about how do you have them? 1 Corinthians 13, and it begins to talk about love. You know, when we move in love, when we move in compassion, we're moving in God. We're mo that's, that, that's what we see happen in Jesus' ministry again and again and again. He's moved with compassion, and when he's moved with compassion, he reaches out, he heals, he delivers, he meets people's needs. Again, in Matthew 20, I mentioned it earlier, verse 29. And as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him, and behold, two blind men sitting by the road. When they heard Jesus was passing, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. The multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still. He called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, that our eyes might be open. Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight. And they followed him. Again, what type of mercy? They said, have mercy. It was healing mercy. The Lord is gracious. He is full of compassion. He's slow to anger. He's great in mercy. The Lord's good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. What he did for those blind men, he wants to do for every one of us. In Mark 5, you, you'll remember the story of the Gadarene demoniac if you're ever with us in Israel, you get on the Sea of Galilee, you know, there, there's the traditional spot where the Mount of, where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, and there's a traditional spot where Jesus served breakfast, but there's one spot that we know for sure, and that's the spot where the Gadarene demoniac is at, because when Jesus delivered the Gadarene demoniac, the, the demons went into some pigs, and they ran off a cliff. And there's only one place on the Sea of Galilee where there's a cliff. So that's the spot where that particular miracle took place, absolutely for sure. But this man, the Bible says that he lived in the tombs. He wore no clothes. Day and night, he was running around, cutting himself. He's crying out. Literally, it's just like he's howling. And they had captured him and put him in chains, and he had broken the chains and escaped. But when he saw Jesus... As Jesus lands, 
he comes and he runs and he falls at Jesus' feet. And Mark's gospel says that he worships Jesus. And Jesus casts the spirits out. You know, so they went to the pegs and immediately the pegs commit suicide. I mean, no, that's the ultimate goal for the devil of, for any person is to destroy them completely. And the man <clears throat> is then clothed and sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to Jesus preach when the people from the town come. And he said, let me go with you. Jesus didn't permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. How he had compassion or mercy on you. And that man departed and proclaimed through the Decapolis of the 10 city region, all that Jesus had done for him. And they marveled. By the way, the next time Jesus goes back, as soon as they see him, the Bible says that they go out and they find all sick people with all sicknesses and they bring them to Jesus and he heals them all. This man went and told people what Jesus had done. And when he came back, people were ready to receive Jesus. But notice that Jesus had compassion. He had mercy on this man. That, that's what Jesus does. He's always full of mercy, full of compassion. The Lord, he is great in mercy and he has compassion over all of his works. The Bible says he is the father of mercies, the father of mercies. Referring in the book of James to when God heals Job, the Bible says this indeed, we count them blessed who endure. And you have heard of the perseverance of Job and in seen the intended end by the Lord, that the Lord was very compassionate and merciful. What God did for Job, what God did for the, the leper, what God did for the demoniac is what he wants to do for all of us. It says that his mercy is over all of his works. In Matthew 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep who have no shepherd. If you look at Jesus' ministry, the number one thing, phrase that you find whenever there's anything supernatural is he was moved with compassion. He's moved with compassion. In that compassion, the Bible says, or mercy, it says he delights in mercy. That that compassion, it's over all his works. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. What faith believes is faith doesn't just believe that God is able, but it believes God's willing. And it doesn't just believe God's willing, it believes God is willing to do it for me, and it believes God's willing to do it for me now, now, he is, his tender mercies are over all his works. The natural mind always tells you it's for somebody else. It always tells you you've done something that disqualifies you. You're just not right. You're not ready. But the Bible says that his tender mercies are over all of his works, that he's gracious. He's full of compassion, slow to anger, abundant in mercy. He's no respecter of persons. Isaiah 30 in verse 18. Now, a lot of people look back and say, yeah, that's what Jesus did in his earthly ministry. He was here and he did that. 
But I want you to listen carefully to this verse. Therefore, the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you or merciful or compassionate to you. And therefore, he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. And therefore, he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. Now, in Philippians, it talks about Jesus and it says, therefore, God has highly exalted him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. The Bible says that he is exalted that he may have mercy on you. There's healing mercy. There's saving mercy. There's delivering mercy. There, the, whatever you need, there is mercy for you. In Jesus' ministry has not diminished now that he's risen from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of God. Therefore, he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. If he had mercy 2,000 years ago, he has more mercy today. He is exalted to the position he's in to have mercy. In Hebrews 2, it says this. Therefore, in all things, he is made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God. Talking about Jesus' ministry today as high priest, it says that that he's there, that he might be merciful to us. Let me close with with this this thought from Acts chapter one and verse one. It says, the former account I made, O Theophilus. Um, Theophilus was, was probably a real person. We're not really sure. The word Theophilus means friend of God. That's what it means. Friend of God. And perhaps he was writing to an individual. Perhaps he was just writing to all of us. But for sure it qualifies for all of us. Of all the things that Jesus both began to do and to teach. Now it's interesting. When this is written, Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. And he's in his ministry as high priest, which is he's there to be merciful to us. And notice it says what Jesus began both to do and to teach. What Jesus did, he hasn't finished. What he began to do, he is still doing today. That is part of his, his ministry today, to be merciful to us. He is exalted that he may have mercy. He was the healer then. He is the healer today. His compassion, his mercy have not changed. The Bible says he delights in mercy. I can say it this way. He delights to heal. He delights to save. He delights to deliver. He is still having mercy today. The Lord is gracious. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Well, I'd like everybody to stand. <clears throat> and if you've come tonight and you're in need of healing and you'd like to receive ministry, I want to invite you to just come forward. Um, and I, I would like to suggest that you come right away. Sometimes people want to wait until the end. But I want to suggest that you, you come right away. And uh, the reason for that is very, very simple. I believe in getting under the spout where the glory comes out. It's kind of like we get, get, get marinated 
in God's presence, in the anointing of God, just get, get, get marinated, get ready, get ready. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask everybody to extend your hands. And we're going to pray a prayer to, over every one of these that are coming forward. And then I'm just going to come by, according to Mark 16, it says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. We're just going to lay hands on them. But let's agree together in prayer. And Father, we thank you that you delight in mercy, that you're great in compassion, and you're merciful over all of your works. We thank you that you are the Lord who heals us, that you said you'd forgive all our iniquities and heal all our diseases. We thank you that he himself, Jesus, bore our sicknesses, carried our pains and our diseases, and that by his stripes, we were healed. Healing was purchased for us. We come against every sickness, every disease, every attack of the enemy. And we say to sickness and disease, you're trespassing on God's property. And we bind you in the name of Jesus. We give you no place. We command you, loose them in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you that you stretch forth your hand to do signs, wonders, miracles, healings, deliverances in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that your people, they are healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.